Nope, all right. 1 Samuel 16, or excuse me, 18. And we're going to talk about difficult people this morning. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at a few things in the life of David. And, and uh, obviously, Saul was a difficult person for David. Um, no question about that, I don't think. And, and I know you guys are very familiar with these things. But, um, I, you know, hopefully we can draw some things out to help us. Uh, in life and in our walk with God. And, and as I, I was preparing and, and I came across an illustration, I'll read it to you this morning. Um, this is uh, Kent Crockett. Uh, he found this in the Weekend Encounter, October 28, 2010. But it says this, Earl Nightingale told how on one National Secretary's Day he gave his secretary some flowers. She remarked how beautiful they were, but wondered why they didn't have any scent. He informed her that the flowers came from a hot house and explained that because these flowers were raised in an isolated environment, they didn't attract insects. Uh, nobody, no bugs, right, to pollinate them. As a result, they lost their scent. In the same way, fruit raised in a hot house because it doesn't uh, need to attract insects to scatter its seeds uh, doesn't taste as good as fruit grown in the natural environment. And uh, Kent goes on to say this, uh, when we withdraw and isolate ourselves from people who bug us, right, bug us, it says, it might make us feel safe from harm, but it affects us in other ways. We lose a part of what God created us to be Like a rose loses its fragrance and a fruit loses its taste, God uses those people who bug us to bring out the best in us. Rather than running away from those people, let Jesus live his life through you and the fragrance will come out. I thought that was pretty good. You know, I know for me, I don't like people. I I just as soon just not hang around them, especially idiots, right? The people that bug you, uh, those frustrating people, and and, uh, I I don't like that. Um, but listen, that's really not what God's called us to do. God's called us to be out and, and, and be ministering to people, and oftentimes they'll be difficult to deal with and, and to handle. And, and uh, if we're not careful, we can isolate ourselves to the point where we're not able to be used of God in a great way. And listen, God can't grow us. I'm afraid sometimes we're um, a weaker person Christian or person because we don't allow difficulty in our lives. That is the the frustration of the old generation on today, today's younger generation, right? They've never had to do anything. They don't they don't have any work ethic. They don't because everything's been easy for them. Everything comes easy, right? They got all this technology, they have cars, they have all these things and and it's made them weaker. Uh, in that bugs the older generation about the younger ones. But listen, if we're not careful, we can do that in our Christian lives. We can isolate ourselves and, 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 and prevent some of those things that maybe God would have allowed in our life to make us a better person, to be more fragrant, if you will, like that illustration says. And, and so this morning, we're going to talk about difficult people and, and, and a couple things that we can do just really practically and um, that we can do to uh, help us cope or to deal with those people. And, and we're going to really cover kind of this whole story of the beginning of, of Saul really uh, fighting David. It's three chapters, uh, 18, 19, and 20. We're not going to read the whole chapter or all three chapters together, uh, but we will look at uh, quite a few of the verses here. And uh, at some point in life, we're going to have to deal with people. It's inevitable. Um, you're going to have to deal with people, whether it's at work. And, and listen, the, the greatest example is marriage. Let's be honest, right? You know, when you're when you're engaged, Cindy and I, boy, it was. I just wanted to be around her all the time. You know, man, she's pretty. I like that. You know, you want to be around her, and uh, then you get married, and all of a sudden you're around her all the time. <laughs> and it's like what in the world? And you begin to learn this person and realize it's a little more difficult than what the the honeymoon phase you thought it was going to be. And 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 I mean that's just the reality of it. Right? You know, um, I can't stand, and, and I know I chew food, and people probably hear it, but I cannot stand to hear people chewing. It turns my stomach. And so sometimes when I'm at the dinner table, 
I don't want to be at the dinner table. <laughs> but listen, so I mean, that's just the reality. We got to live life, right? And, and we got to be around people. Um, and, and so at some point in life, we're going to have to deal with it. And, and so here at, at this point in David's life, you know, he, he becomes famous, if you will. He kills Goliath. We talked about that last week. And, and uh, really, he became a household name. So you have this shepherd boy uh, that all of a sudden was known in the whole nation of Israel. Everybody knows who David is. And, and uh, um, that, Saul doesn't like that. And so as, as we open up, uh, this, this lesson this morning. We're going to read the first uh, five verses of chapter 18. We'll have some word of prayer, and then, and then we'll kind of look at what God has for us. And, and I trust you'll pay attention on purpose this morning. And, and if I'm bothering you because I'm difficult, just deal with it. Uh, but chapter 1, and it came to pass, or excuse me, chapter 18, verse 1, and it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved as his own, as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments and even to uh, his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. And And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him. And he behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. I pray, Lord, that you would give us something from your word to help us, Lord, to walk closer to thee. Lord, I pray that we would be challenged this morning, and Lord, that you just do a work in our hearts that would help us to serve you in a greater capacity, and we'll give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we know that, that David, he... he, he he wins the battle against the Philistines, and, and uh, he becomes famous. And, and in here it says all of Israel knows him. And, and uh, when he goes before Saul, uh, the heart of Jonathan and David are knit together. And, and that's a neat thing. And we could talk about that in and of itself, about friendship. Sometimes God just brings people together and knits them. And, and, and what a blessing uh, to have a friendship like that. And, and, uh, but David here, <clears throat> I mean, he's so close with Jonathan that Jonathan gives him the, the greatest that he has, really, as, as the king's son and, and as, a, as, as a fighting man uh, in his dad's army, he, he gives him his armor and all those things, his robe. And, and, uh, and David begins to be successful with military campaigns and things. And, and uh, Saul makes him a commander uh, of the men of war, it says here. And, and uh, listen, uh, things are good. Life's good for David, right? God's blessed and given him the victory, and, and he continues to walk with God, and he continues to uh, labor for him. And, and verse 5 said, David behaved himself wisely. And uh, wisely, prudently, judiciously, discreetly, with wisdom, is the way Webster's uh, 1828 dis- describes it. And it says, craftily, with art or strategium. And then I looked up wise, and I, I thought this would be uh, appropriate to share with you this morning. The definition of wise, according to Webster, was discreet and judious in the house or applications of knowledge, right? They, you've heard it say God's uh, character and action is wisdom or, or, or acting out uh, the knowledge of God or those things are wisdom. But it says, it says this in, in Webster's too, choosing laudable ends and the best means to accomplish them. David was an idiot. He understood where he was at. And he behaved himself wisely, it says in and it goes on here in Webster, it says, when you choose right and to live for God, or no, that's, excuse me, that's my word, sorry. Uh, it says this is practically wise. And so those things, the way that you conduct yourselves and, and, and to understand the ends and the means to accomplish them, that's wisdom. And I think David did that. And, and uh, <clears throat> uh, to my notes here, maybe not, probably not as smart as Webster, but it says, uh, you can mark it down. When you choose right and to live for God, there will be someone or something to try to trip you up. Things are going good for David here. He, he's won the battle, and Saul's recognized that, and he's, he's got a new friend in Jonathan, and he becomes a commander, uh, and, and things are good. Life is good, and, and the blessings are great, and, 
And, uh, but listen, 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You can mark it down. If you're going to walk with God, if you're going to live wisely, someone or something, usually it's a person, is going to try to mess with you. And, and whether it's because they want to or maybe uh, the, the Lord allows the devil to use that person uh, in your life, but, but something's going to happen where it's not going to always be as grand as it, is, as it was at some point. And, and that's just the reality of life. I love my Air Force career. But I hate some of the people I work with. And that's just life, right? I love my church, but some of you... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But... Uh, <laughs> Some of you are saying amen to that. But uh, things are going good. But look at verse 7 through 9. And the women answered one another as they played. And, of course, this is after they come back in verse 6. Actually, let's read verse 6. And it came to pass as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul, with tabrets and joy and, and with instru- instruments of music. And the women answered one another... As they played and said, Saul hath slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? Look what verse 9 says, And Saul eyed David from that day forward. Boy, things are good, and then all of a sudden it's not so good. Uh, King Saul has issue. He doesn't like it. And uh, um, from this day forward, David's relationship with Saul becomes very difficult, to say the least, right? Uh, to say the least, things become very difficult and, and intense with them. And, and listen, understanding why people are difficult. Why is it that people are just difficult sometimes? I don't really know. Um, I got three things written down here that, that I think are three reasons, uh, three of the reasons at least, that, and there's probably more reasons, obviously, but, but sometimes people are insecure. Um, and as a result of David's success and popularity, uh, Paul, or excuse me, Saul here uh, becomes very wroth, it says in the first part of verse 8 there. And, and uh, the Hebrew word translated wroth, uh, hara, I think is how you pronounce that. And it refers to a burning anger that can blaze up at any moment. Uh, just kind of the idea that this is things there and it can just go up in flames at, at any moment. And, and uh, Saul becomes a di- very difficult person because he feels threatened by David, I think. He's insecure with, with the situation here. He doesn't like that, that these ladies are singing about David more than him. And uh, he just becomes insecure in that. And, and listen, we need to be careful about becoming insecure. And, and, and uh, <clears throat> as, as the king of Israel, uh, I know Saul gets a lot of heartache and things, and, and rightly so, but, but he wasn't an idiot. Right? He wasn't a fool. Um, he had to know some things. And, and it, but sometimes when we allow these things to distract us, and maybe our feelings, our emotions to kind of make us feel a little insecure, we forget some things. And uh, because Psalms 28.8 says this, the Lord is their strength and he is the saving strength of his anointed. It wasn't just David that, that was winning these victories. I mean, obviously we understand that, that Saul had been rejected in those things and, and, and there's, there's a bigger picture here, but, uh, but Saul lost sight of God. And that God was bringing these victories for the people of Israel. And, that, and sure, God was using David and, and, and because he was obedient in those things that we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. But um, I, surely Saul had to understand that truth that, that God is their strength. But he lost sight of that. And because of that, he became insecure in his own abilities. And, 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 and therefore, David was threatening that. And he didn't like that. Nobody wants to feel that way. Um, but sure, sometimes when people feel insecure, they become difficult. They become uh, a challenge for us to deal with. And, and uh, um, listen, jealousy is another reason possibly that, uh, that people become difficult. Um, verses uh, 9, um, where it says there that Saul eyed David uh, from that day forward, uh, day and forward, it says there. And, 
And uh, that idea there is that he has a jealous eye um, uh, uh, for David. And in verses 10, it says this, And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit came from, or from God came unto, upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house, and David played with his hand. Uh, as at other times, and there was a javelin in, in Saul's hand, and Saul cast uh, the javelin, for he uh, said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. And, and, and so, boy, talk about jealousy. Stirring up uh, and, and being jealous and, you know, feeling insecure, and that leads to jealousy of, of man, God's hand is upon him, and, and God's using him, and and, and, and I'm jealous that these ladies are singing these beautiful things about him and not me. And, and again, because he's lost sight that, it, that it's really, truly all about God. And, and, uh, but Saul becomes jealous and, and, you know, David's playing the harp. And, and listen, again, I just want to emphasize David's doing the right thing. David's in the place that God has for him. Playing that harp and, and ministering in the area that God has for him. And he's just being faithful. And he's being obedient. And, and, and listen, the hard times come. You know, I'm glad that the pastor's not throwing spears, literal spears. Maybe the preaching is hard at times and, and pierces us. But I'm thankful he's not throwing spears at us from the pulpit, right? Um, that, that's a good thing. And, and, and listen, I'm just doing right in the pew. Leave me alone. But, but uh, listen, uh, we need to be where we ought to be, no matter how difficult it is. David was just doing right. He obviously, he's not an idiot. You know, when you have a bad relationship with somebody and, and, and things are difficult, you can sense that a little bit at times. And now sometimes we miss, uh, you know, conceive what's going on in a situation. We need to be careful. But, but oftentimes you can get an idea that, hey, something's not right in, the, in this relationship. And, and but, but, you know, so we know that, that he was jealous. And, and I found this interesting. Not interesting. It's true. It's from the Word of God. And um, jealousy or envy is one of the most vicious of all feelings, right? You ever felt that way? Boy, I have. I have to admit, I've been envious and jealous of people and to the point where I was like, if I could take them out, I would. Um, but but look, look what James 3.16 says. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion. And look what it says. And every evil work. Boy, look what we allow in if we allow jealousy and envy in. It says every evil work. Uh, and, and boy, that, I mean, this is so basic and simple. Sometimes we forget that the things God tells us to refrain from and to avoid for our good. And sometimes we forget that we think it's, oh, I'm just, I'm just a little jealous. No big deal. It says that it allows in the strife, right, and, and confusion in every evil work. That's a big deal. If we have this one thing in our lives, uh, to allow envy and strife there, the door that that opens for everything else. What a dangerous thing. And and obviously we know that that brought Saul to murder, or at least attempted murder. He was going to kill David over his jealousy for this young man that was there ministering for his good, really. David, again, is just doing the right thing. But Saul was welled up in jealousy to the point where he was willing to kill him. That'll make a difficult relationship, I promise you. Right? That's tough, and, and uh, we need to keep that stuff in check in our lives. And, and again, I want to remind you, uh, we don't need to be jealous of the ministry of others or, or jealous of the life that other people have, uh, because if you just keep your focus on Christ. And you understand that God has something for you, and, and, and don't worry about what God's doing in somebody else's life, and, and you won't get jealous of those things. And listen, because if you get jealous or insecure, you're going to make life difficult for somebody. Not just yourself. Uh, It it makes relationships tough. And so uh, we need to be careful about allowing those things in our life because oftentimes one little thing, we think, oh, it's okay, I can handle this. The door to something much more serious is opened now. And and we need to be careful. And and so we need to deal with those things and and deal with them uh, quickly. Uh, another reason why people get insecure oftentimes is fear. Or not insecure, they, they become difficult for us. It's out of fear. And, and uh, so Saul here, obviously, I believe he was insecure and he was jealous, obviously. I mean, no doubt about that. Um, uh, but he's fearful of being replaced, I think. 
Um, and, I mean, he knows what the, his rebellion against God. And, and look at 12 through 16. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Saul feared. He had fear in his heart. And he understood that God's hand was upon David. And how oftentimes do we know something's not right, yet we neglect to get it right? Saul knew there was a problem. He recognized that that God was with David and that God had departed from him, but we never see Saul turning to the Lord and seeking you know, and, and, and repenting and seeking God and asking God to intervene and, and, and to do something different here. No, he was, he, he was at the point where that wasn't an option, I believe. But anyway, um, so we need to be careful. But he was obviously afraid. It says right here that, that he was nervous. And, and uh, David, what's did David do? He continues to lead the troops in successful campaigns, right? And if we read these verses, 13, therefore Saul removed him from him. And made him his captain over a thousand, and he went out and came in before the people. Uh, Saul, Saul recognized something. Hey, man, I'm going to get this guy away from me a little bit more. But well, what does David do? He continues to obe- be obedient and to do right and, and, and to continue ministering where God places him. I'm not going to stop emphasizing that. That's, I think that's so important. We need to be where God wants us to be regardless of how challenging it is. And how difficult it is. And, and, and I know in my life, I've went through times where I'm like, God, I don't know. I don't think this is where I should be. But I know God allowed the Air Force to give me orders there. I, I mean, I was just being stupid about it. I know that was God's will. But I was resistant against it. Listen, we need to get on board with what God has in our lives. And accept where God's placed us. Accept where God's put us. And begin walking with Him and, and just serving Him wherever He wants us. Even if it's not where we thought we would be. Get on board where God has you and start doing something. I promise you, if you don't do that, you're missing out on something. And, and I, I have to admit that I know I've missed out on blessings in my life because I hesitated to get on board with what God was doing in my life. Uh, get on board. And, and, and David does that. He goes out, and, and David could have threw a fit, temper tantrum. Eh, maybe I'll go out and lose a battle, right? You know, No, he didn't. He said he went out and, and, and came in. Uh, before the people. And look at verse 14. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. And the Lord was with him. Boy, I hope you want God in your life. To be with you. And, and, and it might not be easy, but, but if that's where God has you, uh, do it. Be faithful. In verse 15, wherefore Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely and look at this, he was afraid of him. Saul be- began to recognize, excuse me, that, that God's hand was just on David. And David was walking with God and he was behaving himself, it says, very wisely. And, and, and that made him even more nervous or more afraid of, of what was going on. And, uh, <clears throat> verse 16, but all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before him or before them and and so David just began continuing to minister where God had him. And, and, and it, that just made it worse for Saul. Saul became more fearful and more afraid. And, and uh, Saul should have understood this. Um, again, he, I mean, he's the king. And, and he under, I mean, at one point he was the anointed king of, uh, of Israel. And, and uh, David later wrote this in Psalm 27.1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Boy, Saul lost sight of the Lord. And he became fearful. Uh, and again, listen, it, it's all about the Lord. We need to keep the Lord at the forefront. He must have the preeminence in our lives because if we don't, uh, we can become fearful. And, and that can cause difficulties in relationships. And... and uh, <clears throat> Saul, in, in 17 through 25 there, I don't, I don't know, we might read that as we progress here, but, but uh, Saul goes to great means to kill David. I know of many of you, you're, you're familiar with this, 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 these verses here, and, and uh, Saul uh, tells, tells David, right, he's going to give him his oldest daughter, uh, Merib, I believe is how you pronounce her name, and, 
and, uh, and David's hesitant to do that, and, and he says he's not worthy to be uh, the son-in-law to the king in, in those things. And, and, uh, but anyway, when the, when the time comes, uh, Saul gives her to marry another man anyway and, and uh, kind of removes that. But in the meantime of all that taking place, Michal, I think is how you pronounce your name. Actually, there's a video you can learn how to pronounce your name, but it's not Michael. Anyway, um, but uh, Michal, I think is, there was a Jewish lady that said how to pronounce her name. I watched the YouTube video. It's out there. You can see that. But um, uh, she falls in love with David. And uh, <clears throat> Saul learns of, of this love that she has for David. And, and uh, so he offers uh, her to marry David. And, and it says to become a snare to him. Look at, I think that's verse 17, if I remember right. Um, and Saul said to David, Behold, my older daughter Merib, will, or her will I give thee to wife. Only be thou valiant for me, and fight uh, the Lord's battles. For Saul said, Let not mine hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. So, right, the whole purpose of the, the original, his eldest daughter, was so um, David would be killed. And, and uh, But, excuse me, verse uh, 20, it says, and, and Michal, Saul's daughter, loved David, and they told Saul... And the thing pleased him. And Saul said, I will give her that she may be a snare to him, and that all the land of the Philistines may uh, be against him. Wherefore Saul said to David, Thou shalt this day be my son-in-law in the one of the, uh, in the, one of the twain. And Saul commanded his servants, saying, Commune with David secretly, and say, Behold, the king hath delight in thee, and all his servants love thee. Now therefore be the king's son-in-law. And so he, he really tries to convince him, and, and it was just really to, to become, make it a snare and really wanted him dead was the whole purpose behind all that. And, and uh, verse 25 uh, again reiterates that. And it says, And Saul said, This shall ye say to David, The king desireth not any dowry but an hundred foreskins of the Philistines to be avenged of the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. David, or excuse me, Saul feared David so much. He just, he had so many plans and schemes to try to kill this guy. You know, I'm going to give him my first daughter and he can go out and fight just to kill him. And, and uh, but God's on David's side. And uh, I like that. And uh, <clears throat> verse 27 says, Wherefore David arose and went, he and his men, and slew of the Philistines 200 men. Saul, he wanted 100. David, I got, I got you. 200. Too easy, right? And uh, too easy. We'll, 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 we'll take care of this. And, and, and he slew them, uh, and he slew the Philistines 200 men, and David brought their foreskins, and they gave them in full tale to the king, that he might be the king's son-in-law. And Saul gave him a call, his daughter to wife, and and so, uh, listen, people might be difficult, but if you keep God in the forefront and you just continue to be obedient and labor wherever God has you, you'll be victorious. David just continued to do right. Just continue to walk with his God and continue to be obedient. And God gave him twice as many as he needed. And, and what a blessing to know that we have a God on our side. That if we would just walk with him and seek him, he can bring the victory in our lives. And uh, <clears throat> Saul was yet the more afraid of David. And Saul became David's enemy continually, it says in verse 29. Well, that didn't really say, really frustrated Saul. All these plans, all these schemes to get at him, unsuccessful. And listen, no matter what faces us in life, the Lord can deliver us from it all. Whether it, it, it's man-made, whether it's the devil trying to get after us, God can protect us and keep us safe and give us the victory. We just have to be faithful and obedient to walk with him and to serve him. And not give up. Don't be wearying well-doing. Listen, in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. We just need to keep laboring, keep working, and, and serving the Lord as God wants us to do, even though there can be difficult people. And, and uh, Saul was more afraid. 
And uh, then the princes of the Philistines went forth, and it came to pass after they went forth that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name was much set by. Again, what's David do? Just begins to be wise, begins to, to continue to walk godly and to serve his God, and, and God blesses that. And, and uh, we're going to kind of transition here to chapter 19 and, and dealing with difficult people. I think this, um, you could probably draw a lot out. We'll, we'll uh, draw just a couple things out of this, this chapter here about dealing with difficult people. Uh, you know, you got to keep your sense of humor. People can be difficult. The Bible tells us a merry heart doeth good. Right? Sometimes you're dealing with difficult people, you can get down. Get frustrated about that. You know, man, I got to be at church with Mrs. Long again. This is tough, you know. Um, you, you guys are in the front, so it's you and Brother Long I always get picked on. But, but uh, you know, it, it's difficult. But, but you just got to keep a, a, a sense of humor. Have a good attitude. Don't let those things get you down. And, and I think we can draw that out of, of this chapter here. And, and uh, as we see in verse 30 in the last uh, last verse of, of 18, and David just continues to grow in popularity, and, and, and uh, uh, Saul tells Jonathan and all of his servants here in, in chapter 19 uh, that uh, he, to kill David, that he gives them the command. In, in 19 verse 1, it says, and Saul spake to Jonathan, his son, and to all of his servants that they should kill David. He said, we got, you know, nothing I've tried so far. It, 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 I was trying to do it kind of uh, covertly, and, and you should get him out there in battle and get him... Uh, uh, taken in battle, but uh, you know what? That's not working. So, hey, just go kill this guy. Um, I, I just want him dead. And and uh, <clears throat> but Saul, or, but Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, "Saul, my father seeketh to kill thee. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take heed to thyself until the morning, and abide in a secret place and hide thyself." And so David reveal, or excuse me, Jonathan reveals that to David, and and uh, what a friend, right? Um. We all need good friends like that, and and so, but uh, he hides them, and and uh, Jonathan speaks well of David, right, to his father, and uh, um, they he kind of gets to the point where where Saul decides to reconcile the relationship a little bit, and and uh, he agrees that hey, I won't kill him, and uh, Saul promises in verse six, not the, and Saul hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan, and Saul swear as the Lord liveth. He should not be slain. All right, all right. I know, you know, I, I won't kill him. You know, and he kind of commits that to him. It probably, uh, maybe it was sincere at that time, but we know that later on that obviously wasn't, uh, he didn't mean it uh, <clears throat> at heart because he tries to kill him again. And, and uh, so in verse 9, that, that promise is short-lived, obviously, right? Uh, in verse 9, it says, And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul, as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand, and David played with his hand. I, I, it just blows my mind away that David just continued to be faithful. I mean, he knew this guy had it out for him. Uh, um, but he just continued to trust his God and to do the right thing. And uh, <clears throat> in verse 10, And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin. I mean, you could think, I mean, think of the, the thoughts that are going through as he sits there, right? I'm going to take this thing, I'm going I'm to stick him to the wall with it. You know, I mean, he's, he's just angry and, and jealous of this young man. And, and, uh, <clears throat> but what does it say? But he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. And, and again... Just continue doing right. God can protect you. And so he goes out, and, you know, regardless of that, he tries to kill him. And, and uh, I call this the old Alcatraz trick. Saul's wife and, and uh, the messengers from, from or not Saul's wife, David's wife, um, uses the old Alcatraz trick. And, and, uh, but uh, Saul's promise there, short-lived, and so David flees, and he goes home, and and uh, Saul uh, sends some messengers to, to get him, to kill him. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and so um, his wife kind of deceives him, right? They, they lie and say that he's sick. He says he, in verse 14, it says, He is sick. 
And Saul sent messengers again to see David, saying, uh, bring him up to me in the bed. He said, I don't care if he's sick. He's in, like, bring his bed. Go, I'm, it's time for this guy to die. I'm going to kill him. And uh, uh, it says that I may slay him. But when the messengers were come in, behold, there, the, here's the Alcatraz trick. There was an image in the bed with a pillow of goat's hair for his bolster. And, and I say the Alcatraz trick. I don't know if you guys, it's been in the news recently that they think one of the, the men that is alleged to have escaped from Alcatraz um, and, and the reason I say the Alcatraz trick is they had a little image of like this plaster fake head that they had left in the beds when they escaped away. And uh, it's the Alcatraz trick. They just, that's, this is, that's probably what the people at Alcatraz, they're reading the Bible, and, hey, that's a great idea. But, uh, um, but they found that, right? And that was the picture in this news article I read recently. It was a picture of this, the image of this um, fake head that they had put in their beds to, so the guards thought that they were still in there. And, uh, but they got a letter recently that they think is from one of the escapees. They thought they all probably died when they tried to escape, but the, and the rumor is that one of them lived, and I think he died of cancer, or maybe all of them. I can't remember what the article said. But So she uses the old Alcatraz trick to deceive him, right? And, and uh, you know, she's just giving her husband some time to get away, right? Kind of delay the, uh, the response of, of them trying to, to catch up with David. And, and uh, so David flees to Samuel, What a great place to go, but to the Lord in time of distress. Right? I mean, have you ever been discouraged and down and, and defeated and, and you were dealing with difficult people and people that were just making life rough? And you can always flee to the Lord. And, and he'll be there for you. And, and so David goes down to, to Samuel in Ramah and, and he uh, Saul, obviously, he, he learns that, that David's down there. And, and uh, so he sends these groups of men, right, to capture him. This is where the humorous part comes in, I guess. Um, you know, he, he sends them down to capture them, and, and they begin to prophesy. They get there, and, and uh, they begin prophesying uh, there, and, and he's frustrated, so he sends another group. And, and, and finally, Saul decides, I'm going to go do this myself. I'm going to go figure out what's going on here. I'm, I'm I'm uh, going to take care of this problem, and and uh, but so that prophesy probably means that they uh, <clears throat> joined in worship, uttering praises to God, and and those things. And but finally, Saul goes down there in chapter nineteen, verses twenty three and twenty four, and it says he went thither to Naoth and Ramah, and the spirit of God was upon him also, and he went on and prophesied until uh, he came to Naoth and Ramah, and he stripped off his clothes also and prophesied before Samuel in like manner, and lay down naked all the day. And all that night, wherefore, they say, is Saul also among the prophets? Boy, Saul's overcome. He, what, what's going on here? And uh, I looked at this a little bit, and, and this is really my, my point here, but, but I did uh, do a little bit of study, and, and one of the things I found, Saul's probably not naked in his birthday suit, as you would might think here, and a lot of times it's the outer garments that they take off and they're considered naked. I mean, you know, uh, anyway, that's a side point. Um, but but um, I think this we could make an application from Psalm 2, 1 through 4 here. And Psalm 2, 1 through 4 says this, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Well, we can't lose our, our merry spirit. Listen, God at times sits in heaven laughing. I, I think that's interesting. And, and so, and, and, and these verses are applicable here. And, and, you know, I know that you can make the other application uh, from, from Psalm. But, but, you know, Saul has here made plans and he's trying to do all these things to get at God's anointed. Uh, and, and, and try to circumvent everything that, that God is doing here. And, and God's just laughing at him. God's, had, you know, he, he can't even do what he wants to do. You know, the spirit comes upon him. And, and, uh, and, and so what I came to the conclusion, I, I studied this, I won't say a lot, but uh, I came across this comment about, from a commentator and it made me feel pretty good about my ability to study too. But it says, while the events mentioned here cannot be illuminated much, that made me feel good because I was having a hard time illuminating a lot of it. The purpose is clear. 
the Lord himself shielded David. Right? That's pretty clear, right? God protected David from the men that, he had, that Saul had sent and then also from Saul himself. I mean, regardless of whatever application and what you want to pull out here, and, and, uh, but God was protecting David. And, and, and what a blessing to know that God will protect us. And God can keep us regardless of, of the circumstances or what people are trying to do to us. And, and, and that can be hard. People have gone to jail. People have been persecuted uh, vehemently. And sometimes you might begin to, to doubt whether God's protecting you or not. Uh, but listen, rest assured, God can protect you. And, and maybe God's protecting you in death even. And, and, and he can remove you from that uh, through death. But um, I think God clearly has a sense of humor. Uh, I mean, when he sends these guys here and they just begin pro- prophesying. And, and uh, listen, when we deal with difficult people, uh, we don't ever want to lose our sense of humor, our merry spirit. It doeth good like a medicine. Don't let those people get you down. Don't let them get you frustrated. Um, uh, just have a good attitude regardless of what you're facing. And uh, lastly this morning, uh, listen, we need to refuse to be revengeful. That's pretty difficult at times. But we've got to refuse that urge to get back. To return evil for evil. And, and uh, <clears throat> these miraculous events obviously don't amuse Saul. Right? And, um, <clears throat> and David fled from Naoth. And this is chapter 20, verses 1. Uh, and, and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is mine iniquity? What is my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life? And he said unto him, God forbid... Uh, thou shalt not die. Behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but that he will show it me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. And David swore moreover and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes. And he saith, Let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. And, and you kind of see the innocence of Jonathan here. He's, he's doubting whether, I don't think my dad's going to do that. He would never do that without telling me. He's not trying to kill you, David. What are you talking about? And, and obviously David, you know, he says, no, no, you're wrong. There's a step between me and death. Your dad is seeking my life. And, and, uh, and, and so he tells him that there. And, and uh, Jonathan, I think he's, he's really grieved um, <clears throat> in that. And, and, uh, Realizing David's fear, he agrees uh, really to, to whatever David really uh, wants to plan here. And uh, you guys know the story of, of the, the arrows in the field and those kind of things. And, and David comes up with a plan here. He says, hey, there's, there's a festival coming, the new moon. Uh, in chapter 20, it talks about that. And, and the expectation is David will be there. And, and it, it still blows my mind in this relationship when, when Saul's trying to kill him. And Saul still has an expectation that this guy's going to show up. I think that's an indication of how faithful and committed David was to doing the right thing. Saul knew that David was going to be where he ought to be. And he could bank on that and use that to his advantage. And God helped that to be said of us, that we're going to be in our place where we ought to be every time. And, and, and but but... But so obviously here, finally, David convinces Jonathan, hey, things aren't as good as you might think they are. Your dad is trying to kill me. And he, okay. And, and so he says, hey, there's, there's a festival coming. I want you to tell, tell your dad that, that I went to go to do sacrifice with my family. And, and so uh, <clears throat> Jonathan does that with, with his father, King Saul, there. And, and he says he goes to... And, and, I think David wants him to just witness Saul's response. Jonathan, you need to see this for yourself. And uh, let, the, let the results of how your dad responds to me not being there. And of course, David doesn't show the first day. Saul, okay, maybe he wasn't here the first day. But the second day, when David doesn't show, there's a problem. He knows that. And, and uh, <clears throat> Saul throws a temper tantrum, if you will. He gets all frustrated and angry. You know, where's this guy at? And uh, I think Jonathan at that moment realized, wow, 
My dad is after him. And, uh, um, and he throws it, and Saul goes into that rage there, and, and he tells Jonathan, as long as David's alive, uh, that uh, he or his dynasty, uh, they're not safe, right? And, and so, again, Saul's more worried about the physical things, and, and we can draw something out of that if we want to, but we're not going to today. But, um, and so Saul uh, says, David must die. He tells Jonathan that, and, and Jonathan, really, he's crushed by that information, and, and he's probably ashamed of his dad's response, of, the, uh, of, of his dad's behavior there, and, and uh, you know, because he, he's told his dad, David's never done anything wrong. David's been upright in every dealing. Uh, and so the next morning, they, they have their plan, right? And, and, and the arrow's in the field with the young lad to go out there, and, and he says, if, if I tell the lad to go beyond you know that there's danger, and you need to go. And, and that's verse 22 in chapter 20. And, and uh, he said, that's going to be an indication that, uh, David, you need to run for your life. Because the way my dad, I'm convinced of it now. I understand that, that my dad is trying to kill you. And uh, so Saul, or Jonathan shoots those arrows, and, and, he, and he shoots, and, and he res- the, lad res- the way he requires the lad to respond is the, is the warning to David to flee. And so then the, the lad leaves, right? And uh, he goes away in, in verse 41. And as soon as the lad was gone, David arose of the place toward the south and fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times. And they kissed one another and wept one with another until David exceeded. And Jonathan and David probably knew that this is the last time they're going to see each other. And no doubt it was difficult for Jonathan to really begin to understand his dad's attitude and heart toward David. A friend that he had, that God had knit to them together. And, and so they begin to weep together. And, and it says David exceeded there. And, and uh, listen, even though David, at this time, he's anointed the king of Israel. He never displays any type of a vengeful spirit towards Saul. He never responds up to this point in his flesh. He just continues to trust God, continues to obedient to where God has him, and never gets really, obviously he's frustrated with Saul, but he never tries to take anything out on him. God help us to have that type of an attitude in the spirit when things get difficult. When somebody starts throwing rocks at you, I'm picking up a rock. I'm going to hit him in the head with that thing. But that's not the right attitude. We need to be careful. In uh, Romans chapter 12, in verse 21, it says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh, verse 19, uh, preceding that, says this, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. David was trusting in the Lord. God can take care of all these things. Uh, And verse 20 goes on, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. And then, verse 21, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. That's not our natural response. When people are making life difficult and challenging for you, that verse there in Romans says, minister to them. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. When we have people that are challenging in our lives and difficult and frustrating, and and listen, they are wrong at times. That's the time when we ought to be ministering to them. And just doing the right thing and following the example of David and just continue to minister and to be where God has you to be and allow God to take control of the situation. That's not what we want. We want to take control of that. Listen, when Cindy and I get going at it, because that happens, let's be honest, right? We get, we get going at it. The reason we're going at it is because I want to take control of the situation. And she also wants to take control of the situation, right? That's how arguments get going, right? Yeah, everybody wants to have the upper hand, so to speak. They want to be controlling those circumstances. And, and listen, that's not what God tells us we ought to be doing. 
God says, let me take care of that. Just do the right thing and trust me. And I, I get it. We've got to have conversations with our wives and, and husbands occasionally. Um, I'm not saying that won't happen. And you just, well, let the Lord be with you. If you're married to Cindy, that doesn't go well. But uh, anyway, um, I'm, I'm revealing too much about my wife in my, our relationship maybe right now. <laughs> Family camp. So, but listen this morning, to deal biblically with difficult people, we, sometimes we just need to understand why they're being difficult. Whether it's out of insecurity or, or jealousy or, or fear. And uh, listen, don't lose sight of, of God's in control and, and he can handle it. So don't lose your merry spirit and attitude. Allow, don't lose your sense of humor, so to speak. And, and I just find it interesting how God dealt with that situation. And, and, he, and he just had them in derision, uh, if you want to say it that way. And, and listen, don't feel like you've got to get back at them. Don't feel like you need to revenge or, or do revengeance on your own. And, and just allow God to take control of that situation and to deal with that. And you just continue walking with God and doing right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the life of David. And Lord, there are so many things that we can draw out from your word and, and from his example. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us, Lord, to uh, deal with people in a better way than we have in the past. Lord, help us to be patient and understanding. And Lord, help us never to try to take circumstances into our control and to uh, take vengeance where we think it's needed. But Lord, that we would trust you. And I pray that each one of us would be in our place and be obedient where you'd have us. And Lord, that we would just be concerned about ministering and serving you. And Lord, that you would take care of the rest. And now, Father, we pray that you bless this morning's service. We pray that you be the preaching of your word. I ask, Lord, that you give liberty, Lord, and that you would just speak to each and every heart here. We ask, Lord, that each one would leave here closer to Christ. Lord, save the lost and do a work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.